Thank you for joining us again for Journeys in Grace. Today we're going to continue our, our subject of studying the life of Abraham and how we look back at him and look back at the lessons that he learned through the lens of grace. You can connect with us with Journeys in Grace at Pastor Eric523 at gmail.com. That's Pastor Eric, the number 523 at gmail.com. Now, now let's go into the day's lessons. If you would, turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, the 15th chapter. See, we've moved, to, we've moved from the 14th. Now we've made it to the 15th chapter. And today we're going to start out in verse number one. And we're going to study about the covenant that God made with Abraham. And again, as we look back at Abraham, we see how God moved him along. And God uh, uh, not only tested him, proved him, and then Abraham see most of all, that Abraham saw that God's word was true. And, and, and as God saw Abraham grow more and more and more and begin to progress in faith and begin to step out and to trust God and learning to know that if God says a thing, that this is something that I can count on. So again, let's go to uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verse 1. And it says, and after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, O Lord, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is the Eliezer of Damascus? And here we see that Abraham is recognizing that all the things that God brought into his life, it wasn't just for him and it wasn't just for Sarah, but for those that would come after him. And the father had promised him uh, that a great nation would come after him and all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And Abraham looked in the natural and he did not see a son or a seed that he could pass things on to. And because the son of Abraham would stand upon his shoulders, he would not have to start out as Abraham did uh, uh, searching, not only searching for God, but seeking God and learning God. But the son of Abraham and that son and sons and generations thereafter, they would have the words of their of their father of faith as we do to see how that God was faithful and any covenant or any word that God spoke, he was not going to break it. So the third verse, uh, Abraham said, behold, to me thou hast given no seed and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And then God said to him, he shall not be your heir in verse number four. But he that come forth from you shall be your heir. And he brought him forth and he showed him, the fifth verse, all the, all the stars in the sky. And he said, number them. He said, he said unto him in the last stanza of that fifth verse, so shall thy seed be. And it says, Abram uh, uh, believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. So if we're going to put that in our words. He said that, that Abraham who, whose name will be changed shortly. Abram believed God. He trusted God because of what God said. And this is where we must be and what we must arrive to. And knowing that the Bible says that uh, many will say, you know, I read my Bible. I believe God, but faith must be tested. And faith must, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. And when we have the word of God on a thing, then we should have the ability to say, Lord, this is what you said in your word. And therefore, Lord, I'm in need. 
You said, Lord God, that you would never leave me nor forsake me, Lord. You gave me all the promises of the book of Deuteronomy and even uh, chapter 818, where it says that uh, it is you that gives us power to get wealth. And Lord, I have none. And I'm giving you an example. So here, Abraham didn't have Deuteronomy. He didn't have a Bible. He didn't have the prophets or the kings that will come after or any of the apostles or disciples that will come after him in hundreds of thousands of years later. But Abraham had the word of God, which he found trustworthy, as we said earlier. And in this sixth verse, it says, because he believed, God said, I declare you righteous or God justified him. He was just in the sight of God simply because of his faith. Not because of his his uh uh because he lived so well. And I know I, I'm continually saying that because it's important that we establish that foundation that is not about works. It's why we are declared righteous, but it's by our faith, and because we believe in the righteousness that we have the righteousness of God. And when you believe right, you will live right. When you believe right, when you Allow the word of God. As the Bible says, we are washed, we are clean by the washing of the water of the word. But you have to, we have to, in, we have to ingest that word. We have to chew on it. We have to study it and meditate on it so that the word of God can be like a cleaning agent. It can be like, uh, uh, it just washes away that. The blood of Jesus washes us, washes the sins off of our lives. And it takes us from, from uh, uh, faith to faith as we grow and we see and we have that, uh, 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 we come to that stage where we can, tr we can trust God. All of us are at different levels. But as we grow and as we learn of God, then we go from that faith to faith. We grow from that time where, you know, we were trusting God that, you know, we, for, for gas for the week. That may be a time when you can trust in God for, to have for your first house or your first car. Or you trust in God that, that for your first job. But all of these things are steps and stages that we go through. But here Abraham, he's shown God. When God spoke to him to leave his land, he left. And now God is telling him, I, your seed shall not be of your servant, but it shall be, it will come from you. And at this time, Abraham was an old man. His wife was an old woman. And God is telling them, your seed will not come from your servant, but it shall be, and it shall come forth from you. So as we continue now, it says, he believed in the Lord, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And now God tells him in the seventh verse, he says, uh, I am the Lord. He said, I brought you out of the out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land. In the eighth verse, he said, Abraham, Abraham says, he said, Lord God, whereby should I know? that I shall inherit it. See, he needs God to talk. And that's what we all need. We need a word from the Lord. We need a now word. We need a word for this year, this month, this day, this hour. When we come up against any situation or any time in our lives, we need a word from God. And a true word from God, can. one word from God can change your entire life. Just one touch of God's favor, one touch of God, uh, 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 a word from God can change your life forever. I have a man of God said, one touch of God's favor is worth a lifetime of labor. You can work all of your life and never accomplish what God can change with a word from him, which will have direction. It will have purpose and it will have a, a blessedness in it when we obey it. So Abraham says in the eighth verse, he says, how should I know that I shall uh, uh, inherit this? And now God begins to speak to him. 
he tells him to take a, 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 a heifer, which is a cow. In the ninth verse, a she goat of three years old, a ram of three years old, a turtle dove, and a young and a young pigeon. And what God is asking him to do, if we uh, uh, skim through uh, verse ten and eleven, He's asking him to sacrifice these animals because covenants were established and are established by blood in the Bible. It was blood that established them. And so here, we see God is saying. I want you to sacrifice these animals and in the uh, 10th and 11th verse. And he told him that uh, he said, he said, he says him, he took all these things, divided them in the midst. He laid each piece one against another, but the birds he divided not, not 10th verse, 11th verse. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham drove them away because he didn't want them to touch the, uh, the sacrifice he had given unto God. And the 12th verse, it says, and when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell, fell upon Abram. And lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. Now, I want you to recognize something. Now, remember something. God told Abraham that he was going to make covenant with him. And now we see Abraham in a deep sleep. And God began to speak to him. He says unto Abraham, know of a surety. Your seed shall be a stranger in this land that is not theirs and shall serve them. That shall be afflicted for 400 years. 14th verse, and also that nation whom thou shalt serve will I judge, and afterward they shall come with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither, for the Nicholas of the Ammonites is not yet full. And now God talks, now he, God's going to talk to him now in, in a seventh, more in the 17th verse. And it shall come to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between the pieces. God showed up and he walked in the blood because that was a bloody place. Remember, he had slain a cow. He had killed uh, um, a ram. He had killed um, a goat. He had, he had killed a turtle dove and a pigeon and all this blood was there. And in the midst of that, once uh, everything was split in pieces except for the birds. But, but the Bible says in the midst of this bloody place, God walked. And he said he was going to establish covenant with Abraham, but Abraham was asleep. He did not even participate, but he got the benefit of the offering of the sacrifice because God was establishing it upon his word, not on what Abraham did, but on what God had said. And in the 18th verse, it says, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying unto your seed. Have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto this great river, the river of Euphrates? And then he begins to name the nations which he was going to drive out because God is saying, I have said this thing and I cannot break it. We talked last week about Psalms 89, 34, where he says, my covenant, I will not break nor alter the things that have gone out of my lips. God gave Abraham a word, a sure word, which he couldn't break. Whenever God speaks something over any of us, He's saying to us, I'm establishing this thing that it shall come to pass. Jesus picked this thing up in uh, the book of John, John 8, 32. He began to talk to the, uh, he began to talk to those who were around him. And he, 831, I'm going to start with 831. He said to those Jews, Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. What Jesus was telling them was, if you believe what I said, if you believe the words that I have spoken unto you, because Jesus was speaking truth to them. But he says, you got to continue. 
Not only must you hear a word today, but you must continue in my word. He said, then are you my disciples because you not only you receive it, but you keep on and you keep going forth and you keep seeking me. Jesus said uh, when Satan offered him this temptation in the wilderness, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The word of God is proceeding. In other words, it moves on. God doesn't just stay in one spot. He is going to challenge you as, as, as you are a believer in Christ. You will be challenged from, from the rest of your life. It won't be every day because God takes us from, 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 from faith to faith, from to height to height, because he teaches us about him. The same way that we would teach our son or daughter and you begin to teach them how to drive. You don't give them the car keys at, at two or four or five years old. But they see you driving. They say, Daddy, can I drive? And you may, when the car is sitting still and the keys out of ignition and you all safe and everything, you let them stand in your lap and, 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 and imagine themselves driving. Why? Because you want them to say, one day you will be able to drive, if not this car, your own car. And you take them on to where they became a teenager and they're 14 and 15 years old. And now they, they are, they're getting their learner's permit. And you take them out in a big parking lot, a uh, 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 safe place where there are no other cars. And you teach them how to back up and to drive forward. And you might put cones out there and let them drive amongst the cones so that they'll learn how to keep the uh, uh, track the car and keep it in, a, in, a, in its own lane. All of these things you are bringing them forth because they proceed to learn more and more and more. And then they get the, uh, uh, the book where they have to study it to pass their written, their written test. And then... There comes a time when they reach age where they can drive and they can go for their test. And then they have to drive by themselves because they are of age and they have the ability now to drive and to be able to get on the highways and drive with others. All of these things came by stages. And this is what Jesus is saying in John uh, 31 and 32. He tells them, if you continue my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And then the third second verse says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. He says, and you shall know the truth. See, when you're a believer and when you are of age in the body of Christ, he said, the truth will touch your heart. It may be disagreeable to you. You might not want to hear the truth at its, in its rarest and its strongest form, but yet truth is truth. But when you hear it, you know, ah, oh, that's for me. Oh, Lord, I, I, I missed the mark on it. Oh, God, thank you for enlightening me. Oh, thank you. Because if, if, if you really want to progress, you got to be able to accept truth. And when truth is brought to us, it will free you. It will set you free. It will bring you to a place of knowledge. What did the father say in the, in, by the prophets? He says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge because they don't know. What you don't know is what we don't know is killing us. He said we perish. He didn't just say that they are hungry. He didn't say that they were uh, unemployed. He didn't say that, you know, that, you know, they're, uh, they don't have any money. He said, no, my people perish. They die. They, they, they come short. They, 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 they miss the mark and they leave this world. I heard many of preachers say the most, the most potent place, the most richest place on the earth is the graveyard. Why? Because it's filled with people who had great potential, uh, life-changing, generational-changing gifts and talents, and they wasted them. They lived the life of coulda have, would have, should have, and coulda, woulda, shoulda has never done anything. Coulda, woulda, shoulda has never gotten a job, 
It's never uh, uh, fulfill a dream. It's never uh, pass the test. I could have studied, but I would have did this, but I would have tried, but. But we have to, as believers, trust in, believe in. And not only that, but we must know his word. And Jesus said, my, uh, uh, in the 31st verse, he says, my second verse, rather, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. What truth are you denying today? What truth have you heard and you push it away? Say, no, I don't believe that. Because uh, if you go on down here, it's the, they said to Jesus in the 33rd verse, he says, we be Abraham's seed. And we are in bondage to no man. Jesus told him, if you, him, if you uh, receive my truth, you'll be free. But see, they rejected it. They said, we, we be Abraham's seed. We'll never in bondage to any man. How say, you, how say you then you should be made free? Jesus said unto them, and he said, I say unto you, whosoever committed sin is a servant of sin. And the servants abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. So in other words, Jesus was saying, if you don't accept my words, then you are forever bound. They didn't recognize the time they were living in. They were living in the time of Messiah. They were, uh, uh, all those who were looking for Jesus found him. Everybody that was looking for him. They found him when he was walking the earth. The same way as we are today, you will find Jesus. Because the scripture says, Jesus said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. Everyone that seeketh, findeth. Everyone. Not the special people. Not the super duper saints. Not just the preacher or the pastor or the deacon. He says, everyone. And I believe this is in Matthew 7 and 7. I'm going to go there real quickly. Matthew, the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 7, verse 7. Matthew 7 and 7. He says, ask and it shall be given you. Seeking you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks, receive. He that seeks, finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. And what Jesus was saying to them was, if you will come, if you will seek me, you will find me. If you seek me, he goes on to say, if any man, if there of you, if his sons ask bread, will he give him a stone? If your child comes to you and say, mom, dad, I'm hungry. What do we got to eat? And you go out in the street and uh, in the yard and pick up a rock and say, here, eat it. You wouldn't do that. And the 10th verse says, if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? Will you uh, uh, take a rattlesnake and feed your child when they're asking for a fish? No, you wouldn't. He said, then if you being evil, he was talking to these people who were of the flesh and didn't know God. He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? The only thing we have to do is trust in his word. And not only that trusting means, Lord, I give all. I trust you, Lord. I'm going to go all in, Father. And not be that mediocre saint, that mediocre person that's sort of half in and half out. As Jesus said, I'd rather have your heart or cold. If you're hot, I know I can trust you. And therefore, I can give all things to you. If you're cold, I, then I know that uh, you are not ready yet. And I can bring salvation to you. But when you, meet, when you are a, a mediocre or you are lukewarm, you neither serve the devil nor God. Today you're with him. Tomorrow you're not. Next day you're with him. Next day you're not. He said, I'd rather have you hot or cold. And here he's saying to them, the God that we serve has good gifts for us. 
God will never leave us alone. He will always send his word to those who love him. He who love him. And what Abraham found in that 15th chapter, he found and he, and he believed in the God that was uh, the God of more than enough. The God that he could trust. The God that was trustworthy. The God who, 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 who spoke to Abraham, who was over age, he was past age. And we were considering our day. It was around 90, I believe it was around 90 years old when God came to him, he spoke these things to him. In the book of uh, Romans 4 and 17, it says, God spoke to Abraham, he says, I made thee a father of many nations. Abraham didn't even have a child, but God spoke, spoke to him. He changed his name from Abram, which I believe meant prince, to Abraham, which meant father of many nations. Before him who he believed, even God, and it says, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. This is uh, Romans 4, 17. God spoke to Abraham, changed his name to Abram, and Abram, Abram didn't even have a child. And he started calling himself Abraham and then changed his wife Sarah, her name from Sarah, S-A-R-I, to Sarah, which means mother. So as we see these things, Abraham had to walk out before people and you could just, can you imagine a little old man approaching 90 years old, his wife approaching 80, he's calling her mother and she's calling him father. And I could just, couldn't you just imagine a neighbor man, Abraham, been out in the sun too long. He check Abraham and our days old, you know what, Abraham's got Alzheimer's, he's got dementia. He's, 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 he's thinking he's 40 years old. He thinks he's 30 years old now and Sarah's 20. They would check him to see what was wrong with him. But Abraham had a promise and a promise that God says, my covenant I will not break. God made a covenant with him as he has made with us. He sent his son and he gave us his word. And let's go over to Romans, uh, the 10th chapter. And this is what the father said. Abraham didn't have the written word. He had the spoken word. He had the promises and the covenants that God gave him. And the same covenant, as it said in uh, the book of Galatians, I believe 329, it said that we are Abraham's, we are Abraham's seed. We are heirs according to the promise. We have that because what? Because Abraham believed God and we believe God. And this is what Romans 10 and 8 says. It says, but what saith the scripture? When he, when he said, but what saith it? He's talking about the word, uh, the word of God. He says, the word is nigh thee, even in your mouth, even in your heart. Why? It is the word of faith which we preach. This is Paul speaking. In the ninth verse of that uh, 10th chapter, he says, he said, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now, God didn't ask. He only asked anybody that will come to him. You only need believe. He didn't tell you to come with money. He didn't say come with uh, bring all of your goods. He said, you come with an open heart and believe that on the things that I've said. He said, if you come, you confess me as Lord, you can, and you believe in your heart that on the third day I rose again, you are saved. The 10th verse, he said, for he said, for with the heart man believe. That's where your faith resides, in that spirit, in, that, in, that, in, your, uh, in your heart. In the heart is where we have, and our soulish man, that's where faith resides. And we, as believers, once we become saved, God gives us the faith of Jesus Christ. And even for you to get saved, 
God has got to draw you. God is for you, believer. He's for you. And if you will trust him, you will be, you will do more for God. You will uh, uh, achieve more for God. You will live better for God by accident than you did on purpose. When you give everything to him and put it in his hands. Does that mean that you just go out and start sinning and go buck wild because, oh, now I'm a child of grace. I am a child that's, that's, that's covered by the grace and the blood of Jesus, and I'm just going to do what I want. Then I will question your salvation if that's your heart. But every believer that's covered with the, by the grace of God, you know within yourself that it's Christ in me. It's Christ in us. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we desire to, 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 uh, to show him and show the world that we are the body of Christ. We are Christ in the earth. We exhibit his love. We exhibit his, his, his joy. We just exhibit his, uh, his, his love for man by what we do. But it goes on to say in that 10th verse, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. He said, if you can speak it, you are coming into salvation, which means that sozo is the Greek word that uh, salvation comes from. It means salvation, your, your saving of your soul, healing of your body, deliverance. It means uh, a blessing. All of these things are combined in that word means sozo or salvation. You get the whole package. You don't just get the combo meal and leave your fries or your soda out. But God gives you everything in that word salvation. You find, you get a uh, hamburger, the, the, uh, the, the fries, the, 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 the shake, everything comes. And you get it all. It's served to you. He said, because we confess his son and we believe on him. Then he says in the 11th verse, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. If we look back at Abraham, we see that Abraham was not ashamed. Abraham was not. God never let him down. He never, he never could say it by all, any of his enemies that, you know what? The God that Abraham failed him. The God that, uh, that Abraham trusted in let him down. But his enemies feared him. Kings feared him because Abraham had a covenant. And they feared God because Abraham worshipped God. And it's the same way it is for us, beloved. We, the Bible says, demons tremble at the name of Jesus. They fear you because you are a believer and you are a blood-bought, blood-washed child of God. But Satan, as the Bible says, he roars like a lion. The Bible says he goes about like a roaring lion. He didn't say he goes about as a lion or he, he is a lion that goes about. He said as. He just got a big mouth. And if you empower him with your fear, he will manipulate, dominate, and control you if you allow that mouth to, to uh, break fear in your heart. Because as the scripture says, fear has torment. But Abraham, Abraham outgrew his, uh, his uh, 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 torment. There came a time when Abraham offered his wife up to kings because he was afraid they'd kill him. As we continue to read his story, there came a time when five kings uh, came against uh, Lot and his family. And Abraham, with the men of his own house, went and defeated armies because Abraham grew in faith. And he learned how to go through fear, to go through uh, a confrontation, to go through the enemy and take back everything that belonged to him. He took back his, his uh, nephew Lot. He took back 
I'm a little ahead of myself, but I want you to know that there is no defeat in God. Yes, we'll, we're going to miss the mark at times. Yes, there'll be times when we are battling and, 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 and it seems as though the battle is lost. But remember, Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Christ and who we trust in, believe in, is with us. And though we may fall, not because God is weak or God lost, but because we may fall in our own faith. And we see, as looking back at our father Abraham, there were times when he missed the mark. But he kept going because he believed. He just got back up and started and kept believing. Picked, his, picked himself up, dusted himself off, and kept moving down the road. That's the same way we got to do, beloved. We got to look to God. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So it goes on to say, in the 12th verse, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same overall, Lord overall is rich unto all that calleth upon him. He said rich. He's rich in mercy. God is a merciful God. Yes, he sees your error. Yes, he sees your failures. But he covers you with love. He covers you. King David said, blessed is the man whose sins are covered. Jesus took all of your sins, past, present, future. He, he took them and they were nailed to the cross. He died. The Bible said Christ dieth once, dieth no more. Let's go on to finish this today. He says in the 14th verse, 13th, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he goes in the 15th verse and he, 14th verse, he talks about how that, how shall they hear? Whom they have, how shall they call on him who they have not believed? How shall they believe on him who they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Abraham spoke of the goodness of God and God called a man who had, had, had failed him verses before. He said, look, I got a man who's a prophet. God didn't, God looked at him through grace. 